Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Great are you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Let's give the Lord another. I know you just picked up your Bibles, but just give them another. Shout of praise, hand clap of praise, wave offering. Whatever way you want to praise him, he is the great I am. He's a God of God's Lord of He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's our Keeper. Hallelujah. He's our battle axe in the midst of a battle. Hallelujah. He's our victor. Hallelujah. In Him we have victory. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. What an appropriate way uh, to begin our worship and to lead into the message this morning. Amen. And you will see as we get into the word of the Lord, we must never forget that our God is great. He's greater than the greatest that man could ever conceive of. His power is greater than any power in this world. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we go into the word quickly, I just want to remind us, let's be faithful in our tithes and offerings. Uh, and for those of you who are watching online, even if you're not a member of Tabernacle of Praise and the Lord leads you to sow a seed into this ministry, or if you don't have a, a church home and you need to to be given your tithes because it belongs to the Lord. The giving platform is listed, for, but for those of us who are coming and not using online giving, let's please, ma'am and please, sir, remember to bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse. Amen. Let's continue to support missions. We have a lot of work that's going on, and every day the work gets greater. We thank the Lord for those who partner with us, and we pray that you'll continually partner with us in the work of the Lord. Amen. I didn't post this week, but our pastor in Guinea, uh, you know, we, we built a new building and, and, and just a few months ago, and from what I'm gathering, that building is already filled, and they baptized 15 people last week, and more people are being baptized every day. Amen. So eventually, we're going to have to build a church in Guinea. Amen. Build a bigger building. They did this with sticks and, and, and uh, mud, but we need to do it with bricks and mortar. Amen. And you know what? The Lord has supplied all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we have to remember that. So when opportunities come to give, just give. You know, don't just pull out a dollar when you have 20 in your pocket, you can get emissions. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Along with your regular tithes and offerings. Amen. 
Because if you give, the Lord will give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, wait, wait. It didn't say the Lord will give back. It said men will pour into your bosom. Amen. So God has some people out there waiting to bless you as you sow into his kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. And you don't have to see it. You don't have to know them. You don't have to know where they come from. Folk will just cash up you. Amen. Somebody will just ride by. Amen. And just say, you know, the Lord told me to bless you. Amen. You can be riding and you need something. The Lord will have a pop from under somebody else's car. And now you got what you needed. Amen. That's how God works. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. <laughs> the Lord will cancel bills. Amen. That you needed to pay. Now you got more money. Don't just take that money and go buy something new. Pour it, part of it at least, into the kingdom of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's give, let's give, let's give, let's continue to give. Praise the name of Jesus. In the book of Jude, amen, and let's remember those who are sick and shut in. Let's always remember those. And let's join us, join on Tuesday nights uh, for our prayer time. In the book of Jude, I'm going to read verses 3 and 4 and 20 and 22. Amen. Mm, thank you, uh, Brother Simon, for leading us in praise and worship. And thank you for listening to the Lord and the songs that he placed in your heart to minister this morning. Jude 3, verse 3. Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our, our only sovereign and Lord. Verse 20 and verse 22. But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. The, I sense the Lord leading me to talk to you this morning from this thought. The battle the church seems to be losing. The battle the church seems to be losing. Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Speak through me. Use me to communicate to your people that, that you communicated to me. Anoint me afresh this day. Anoint us, because through your anointing, yokes are destroyed, burdens are removed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The battle the church seems to be losing. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt like the things that we're doing seem to be useless? Seem like we're not making progress. Seem like people are not listening and don't want to hear what, you, what we have to say. Yeah. When you look at, <clears throat> at things around us in the world, 
it seems that we're fighting a losing battle when it comes to winning the loss to Christ or convincing people about the way of the Lord. It seems that we're fighting a losing battle. It seems like the high places of the world, business, arts and entertainment, education, religion, family, media, government, seem like they're tools in the hands of the enemy to fight against everything Christ and his church stands for. I remember years ago sitting in conferences and listening to people preach about the seven mountains that the church needs to take control of and use for the glory of God. And when I first started hearing it, I didn't fully understand what was being talked about. But as I look at it today, I see these, these mountains, these, these places, these high places, I will call them, these places of influence in society seems to be and is a lot of times moving away from God. America was founded on the principle of religious freedom. Uh, but it seems like the church has moved so far away from God. I guess they just wanted the freedom to worship, but our freedom to worship has to be rooted in biblical faith. Can someone say biblical faith? And this is why it's so important for us to rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, so even religion, even, I'm not talking about genuine biblical faith. I'm talking about people who have a form of godliness and deny the power of a godly life. I'm talking about other religions. I'm talking about Islam. I'm talking about Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, and any, uh, any other religion across the gamut. Uh, all of these things are working together to fight against the things that the Lord Jesus has taught us in his word. Can somebody say his word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 every day, every day, the things that are popular with and in the world are being lifted high. Lifted high. And we are not politically correct when we speak against them. Yeah. You know, when you look at politics, and I know that America is not a Christian nation. People will not say that. But America, by constitutional law, America is not a Christian nation. So therefore, people have rights. So you can have your rights, but don't impose your rights on the church. Okay, You can marry who you want to marry, but don't impose it on the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can you can start anything and call it a church, but and I don't have my paper Bible this morning because I couldn't find my NIV, but but I'm using my my tablet. So 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 biblical, what the Bible says, what God has revealed in His Word as true and correct. And Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free." Uh, and we've seen this with media for years. If you haven't paid attention to it, I. I noticed when I was a teenager, 
how much influence television has on people's lives. Whatever agenda uh, that the world wants to push because we're so hooked on television that all Hollywood has to do is push their agenda through the shows that, that are produced. Yeah. Through things I was reading just yesterday how, uh, how uh, the, the writer of Superman uh, has now come out with a, 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 a new cartoon where Superman's son is bisexual. And so you better watch what you let your children read. We've been talking about this for years, I mean, SpongeBob and all of the other things. You know, people say that we're just being super religious, but there are subliminal messages that are always released that as parents, we have to be wise enough uh, to read what we're allowing our children to read and watch what we're allowing or we want to allow our children to watch so that we're careful about what enters through the eye gate, through the mind gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know, you know, we got a lot of people that don't believe all of this stuff, you know, but, but if you paid attention to the, to the reading here this morning and go back and read Jude, read it carefully, read it thoughtfully. And like we talked about um, um, on, on Wednesday night, uh, it's, I think it was Wednesday night, it seems like that we're we seeing all of this stuff being propagated in the world and you're in the scriptures and you're saying this sounds just like today, just like today. And, and we, 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 we must be careful. These things are being pushed through media. I mean, television, radio, music, and, 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 and yeah, yeah. Through education, what's being taught in the schools, yeah, what's being allowed in the schools. And we, it's backed up by God is a God of love. And he is a God of love. But he's also a God of justice. Yeah, he's a holy God. Yeah, and, 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 and we have to be very careful how we make that, make everybody fit into the love of God. Everybody's not going to be saved. No, everybody's not going to be saved because salvation only comes through faith in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, and once I am saved, I'm expected to conform to the ways of the Lord, or be transformed. Well, I can use conform, which means change, but to be, and I can't be conformed with my own will, so it's by the Spirit of God that we are being transformed into Christ-likeness from glory to glory, not world-likeness. You know, we have to be very careful when popular people on television uh, push uh, false and erroneous doctrines and people, theological institutions come together with panels to change scripture and to make scripture more inclusive to cover everybody and make sure that everybody is included in the love of God. God is not, God does not exclude people. But God has a way for people to come to him. Amen. 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 He has a way. That's right. Because he's a holy God. Amen. 
Publix does not include, exclude anybody from coming into the store. But if you pick up some items in public, the way out is through the cash register. Pay for your, pay for your stuff. Otherwise, if you get caught stealing, you're going to jail. I don't understand how people don't miss this. Yeah, yeah, God, God, and, and, and sometimes we can say that Christianity is exclusive from the standpoint that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So when we look at other religions, and we can say that Christianity is exclusive. The only way to God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are not many ways to God. All paths don't lead to the same destination. It's really foolish for people to say that and propagate that. Because when you start on Highway 49, amen, and you're going to Los Angeles, Highway 49 does not lead to Los Angeles, California. It does not. It doesn't even lead to Columbia, South Carolina. South, north, east, west, whatever way it goes, it goes to a certain destination. It won't take you to Columbia. Amen. It won't. It won't take you to Greenville either. Amen. All paths don't lead to the same destination. Amen. We can, we can live in this world together, but we're not all going to go to heaven together. Amen. We don't, and you know, when you look at the foundations of Christianity, Christianity is based in love. Jesus said, by love, all men will know that you are my disciples. Amen. So we're based in love. We're not going to strap on a bomb. No born-again Christian is going to strap on a bomb and go and, and, and kill people in a mall. That's not love. That's not the way you get into heaven. You don't get points for killing yourself. Amen. Amen. So all paths don't lead to the same destination. So we see, we see these things in society. We see, it, we see it in government. We see it in laws that are being made. And not just, not just laws that, that make sure people's rights are protected, but, but you, can't, you can't force the church to do things that's contrary to the Bible. You shouldn't punish the church. You shouldn't take away the church's exempt status because the church says this is what the Bible teaches and this is the way we will follow. You can't do that. So government pushes, pushes the way of the world. And, and, and I understand, I do understand why there are conservatives, religious conservatives, people who when I say conservative, you know, faithfully, faith speaking, I am a conservative. I am not liberal. No, I'm not. So, you know, if I really, if, if my faith was, if, my, if politics and faith were hand in hand, and they are not, then I would take a conservative stand. Amen. But because politics and religion don't go together. Hmm. The two opposites. Amen. So my faith leads me to, to think about people and the rights of people in this world and how people have to be taken care of by government. Now, there are a lot of things, and, and I don't want this to be a, a political message, but there are a lot of things that, that the Republican agenda, which has used the church to push, are right. A lot of things that they're saying are right. But some things, 
a lot of things Democrats are saying is right because there's no true Christian biblically based party. And I believe that Jesus intended to be that way because his kingdom is not of this world. If we see what happened with Constantine, if you know church history, when Christianity was made the state religion and then persecution was almost wiped out, then the church stopped being the church. Persecution helps us stay faithful to the Lord. So it helps us be opposed to ungodly governments. And that's a sermon within itself. All right. A sermon within itself. But, 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 but conservatively, many of us, from a faith perspective, are conservative people. We stand with the word of God. Amen? And so people say, well, you ought to vote that way. Well... When you mix your conservatism with racism and meanness and hatred and you use your conservatism, amen, to cause people to suffer, mm, and a whole, Lord help me not go this way, but I'm going to say this, a whole lot of these conservatives are pushing the fact that this vaccine is not of God and, you know, you don't need to take the vaccination and, you know, well, what about people who are sick? Well, everybody's going to die. Yeah, but you don't want your child to die. So, 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 so you want to send your unvaccinated child into the school system and they get sick and they infect other people, infect the teachers, then what you're going to do? You know, if I had the money to pay every teacher that wanted to quit, I would pay every teacher that wanted to quit. So you wouldn't have to go into the schools with these people who think this way. And they don't care about other people. We are our brother's keeper. We are. And we have to care for one another. Don't put me in danger because of your views that you say uh, are rooted in the Bible. Anyhow. Let me go back to, but, but all of this stuff has been propagated in the world. And I, you know, if you offended, uh, anyhow, yeah, I know that there are some people in here that's not vaccinated, but don't get sick now. Amen. Don't get sick. God, I pray that you don't get sick. I pray that you don't get sick. Amen. Amen. Because there's a way to help protect yourself. Amen. My faith says I need to take the vaccine. That's what my faith says. Amen. When the doctor told me I had cancer, and he gave me the cancer medicine. I didn't, I didn't ask the doctor what was in that medicine because I wanted to live. Amen. I wanted to live, and I trusted, I trusted medical science. They know more than I know. I didn't look for conspiracy theories. You know, I've been drinking tap water all of the years before I found out that I don't need to be drinking that tap water. And folks still drinking tap water. I always think, I always think about Sister Annie Smith. How many, how many of y'all remember Sister Annie Smith? She used to tell me a story about this man that came from somewhere and ended up dead and in the reservoir over there in York. They found his body in the reservoir. <laughs> She said, folk in York were drinking that water. <laughs> what a dead man. Uh, you think about it, you know? You think about how all of the sewage goes to the same sewage treatment center, and they send it through this process that's supposed to get rid of all of that waste and, the, and all of the bacteria, and then you just 
flip the tap on and drink the water, you don't think about it. But all of a sudden, when politics made this issue political, now we don't know what's in the vaccines. I'm not going to take it. I had to give Bishop Smith, Bishop, Bishop Culp, he called me the other day. That is one of the most practical preachers that I know. And he said, he said, Bishop, I don't know what you think. I don't know if you think like this or not, but, but I got some friends that are just crazy. Talking about they ain't taking the vaccine. They don't know what's in the vaccine. And their faith said they shouldn't take the vaccine. My faith says I should take the vaccine. He said, he said, he said it's scientific. We've been trusting science. He said mathematics is, is, is scientific. Two plus two still equals four. You can't change that. I said, oh, Bishop, thank you so much for your practicality. He said a whole lot of other stuff. But anyway, let me get back to this. But, but we see how government is influencing, is influencing society. It's influencing culture, making laws that are against Christ and the church. And education and the education system, unless the teachers are saved and spirit-filled, I mean spirit-filled, because you have to be careful what you read and what you teach. You know, there are things that, 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 that are propagated even in the school system that's against the Judeo-Christian faith. Amen. Our faith is Judeo-Christian because we're, our faith stemmed out of Judaism. Amen. It's like there is an assault. There is an assault from many different fronts against biblical standards and against biblical truth. And it seems as if the church must compromise with society in order to stand and in order to thrive. Listen now. Listen now. Because there are churches that say certain things. You know, we don't teach against that. We don't speak against that. There are churches that, that, that say we're open to everybody. We're open. We're open to everybody. Those doors are open. You're welcome to come in. You're welcome in the building. But I can't. Jesus doesn't welcome you in him unless you're willing to submit your life to him and change to be like him. And I don't know what's so difficult about that. That's not a new message in the church. That's not a new message in the church. We, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. When we came to Christ, we came as sinners to him for salvation, and we had to change. Now, change might have taken years. Some, sometimes it takes years for some people, but thank God for grace. Amen. Amen. Thank God for grace that it takes for us to walk with him and allow him to work in us, to transform him, to be like, to transform us, to be like Christ. So sometimes when we look at this, and maybe, maybe it's just me, but you know, I was, I was just walking the other day, I don't know what day it was, and it just, this spirit, this, this message just dropped in my spirit. It seems like the church is fighting a losing battle. And it seems like that if we really want to thrive, then we have to, we have to compromise with the world. And I was, I read an article last Sunday, uh, one day last week about light and darkness. And, and I started that way with this message, but the Lord led me another way because I don't want to preach for two hours, so I better hurry up and finish this. But, but, but it, was, it was dealing with light and darkness and how the Bible, Jesus said, uh, people love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. 
And this pastor was dealing with the fact that probably he was an older man, you know, because some, some young people think that those of us who are older, we're just, you know, we're caught up in our old age and we just don't see things the way young people see them. But he was talking about how he had gone to this church and everything was dark. The walls were black, the ceilings were black, and no lights were on except on the stage. And he said, he said, how is it that God is light? And we're supposed to be the light of the world. But in many worship centers, everything is dark. And I don't remember everything he said, uh, but at the end of it, the question was raised, why is it that this generation loves darkness so much? And why does darkness appeal even in worship settings? You know, sometimes we, we say we know what's happening. We want to appeal to the world. You know, we want the church to look like a nightclub because that's what it looked like. You go to the nightclub, it's, it's basically dark up in there. How many of y'all been to the nightclub? Y'all never been to the nightclub? Woo, God bless your heart. Yep, dark. And most of the time you go to the nightclub at when? Why don't people have the nightclub open in the daytime? Oh, let me tell you, I know some stories that happen at night. How many of y'all know stories that happen at night? <laughs> Ooh, you see, you grew up in the country. I grew up in the country. So, you know, the club was, the outside, they didn't have, you know, like we had the street lights and everything. So the parking lot was dark. The nightclub was dark. You went at night and the parking lot was dark. So I know some stories that happened that night. <laughs> oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. But Jesus said, men love darkness more than they love lights because their deeds evil. Under the cloak of darkness, so many things happen. Yeah. And so against this backdrop, it seems like today the church that really wants to follow Jesus and strives to follow Jesus and, and strives to be biblically based, it seems like the church is fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Someone asked the question, what do you do when a person takes the position that, that you don't love them if you oppose them? just because you don't agree with their way of life or their position on certain issues. So much of that is going on today. When you oppose people, they say, don't judge me. Why are you judging me? You don't love me. They say the church, is, some churches are hateful because they take the position of Christ. And if you say the church is hateful because it takes the position of Christ, then you're saying God is hateful. Christ is hateful. He hates sin. He doesn't hate you, but he hates sin. Your sin, my sin, anybody's sin. God hates sin. He hates sin. Doesn't mean that he's hateful. He hates sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has nothing to do with not loving people. 
It has everything to do with desiring to be committed to the ways of the Lord and living up to God's standard. Desiring, not saying that we live up to it. Listen, we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're righteous. If people could just get that. Once you submit your life to Jesus, that transformation process begins by the Holy Ghost. It's not going to take place unless you submit yourself to Jesus. And until you submit yourself to Jesus, you're in so much darkness that you can't see that transformation needs to take place. Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. He's blinded there, so they can't see. And if you're listening to me today and you've not submitted your life to Christ, I'm not talking about when you went to the church and said, I believe Jesus died for my sins and I want to be baptized. No, I'm talking about a genuine surrender of your life to Jesus. That transformation process by the Holy Ghost cannot take place in your life. It's just like you can't drive the car until you turn it on. Well, you better go back until you got to go to driving school and learn how to drive. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Others say, other people say, they don't want anything to do with a God who does not accept them just as they are. But the Bible is irrelevant to today's time and today's culture. And others will say, this is my life. I live it the way I want to live it, and no one has anything to say about it. I told you about uh, when I was in Kenya, I was listening to this broadcast. So this is not just in America. I was listening to this broadcast, uh, and these, these um, um, what is this group called? Uh, millennials were talking. And, uh, and, and, and they were just saying, this, this group of young people in South Africa had this talk show on television. And they were saying, our, our standards are different from our parents. You know, we have no problem with living together before marriage. We have no problem with sex before, well, that's in my We have no problem with sex before marriage. We have no problem because our standards are different from our parents. Well, you know, what millennials don't understand is that there's nothing new under the sun. That, that, ain't, that ain't new. That's not new stuff. I'm 67 years old. When I was a teenager, I didn't agree with everything that my parents said. Granted, there was much more control because you get really beaten down. And there was no DSS to call. You had to go to school with whips on your legs and everybody knew on your arms or wherever you got them at. Probably when you, until you, in the summertime you changed the gym, then people would see the whips on your legs and they said, oh, we know what happened to you. Other days that daddy or mama would wait until right before the school bus came. I know this generation said that was mean. They got their point across. I am not dead. I'm still alive. Certain things you don't do. My brother got in a fight. Daddy went to the park and whipped him at the park. Guess what? I didn't get in a fight at the park because daddy wasn't going to embarrass me. That was two whippings. Yeah, yeah. So, so today, saints, we are up against, we're up against something that seems to be so, seems to be some strong enemies in today's world and even in the church. 
even in the church, because as I said, you know, there are churches that, that don't teach certain things, positions that they take that are very unbiblical. And if they're unbiblical, they're ungodly. Amen. When we have, I, I was just amazed a few years ago when I read about the seminary that I graduated from, which was, which was what would be called a liberal seminary, you know, w w had a panel, there was a panel of theologians, and, and one, of the, one of the professors from, from ITC was on this panel as they discussed changing scriptures to make scriptures more inclusive of everybody. Of course, you're dealing with the, with the, uh, the, the LBGT agenda, and that's what they were really dealing with when they, dealt, when, they, when they had that panel. But these are theological institutions, people who are supposed to be people of faith. So when you read Jude, you can see clearly what Jude is talking about. People have entered into the church. And so sometimes when we preach these, you're thinking about people have entered in the tabernacle of praise. No, we're talking about the church as a whole. That will influence those of us who are in tabernacle of praise or in any other church. Because you listen. You, you, you're educated people. You listen to podcasts. You read different things. You are associated with different people who come from different perspectives and different backgrounds. And so what they are influenced by as they talk to you, if you're not careful, you might be influenced by those very same things. Yeah. You, you are what you eat. You are what you read. Amen. Some of us don't read anything, but you need to read something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jude gives us some help here. He gives us some help here. Jude's deal, he's dealing with similar situations, but he's, he's specifically dealing with, with these false teachers that have entered the church. Okay? And we can take this and apply it to the world because we live in the world. Remember, Jesus says you're in the world, but you are not of the world. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that at every turn because, because it's easy to slip if you're not careful. Yeah, it's easy to slip. It's easy to slip. Yeah, I am trying to lose weight. And then I get the sugar craving. And it just works with me all week long. And I go to the store, and I pass by the dessert bar. I love chocolate, and I see this brownie. But then a sourdough donut has been on my mind all week long. And I walk by, and I see, I didn't see it in the, in the, in the bar, but then I walked by, and I saw a pack of four sourdough, sour cream donuts. And I said, they must have some over there. And I walked back over there. And I'm fighting this urge because I need to lose some weight. And I'm fighting this urge. And I pass by. And the Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. <laughs> but, but I keep passing by. And before I know it, I bought the chocolate brownie and I bought the sour cream donut 
And I love peanut butter. They had a peanut butter cookie. And I bought all three. And before I got home, I ate two of them. I sinned. I tell you. You better listen to the Holy Ghost the first time. Resist that devil and he'll flee from you. You can't keep walking by it. Mm. Lord, help us. Help us. I felt so bad. Not that I feel bad mentally. I felt bad physically. I felt like I had eaten eaten 50 pounds. I said, Lord, help me not to let this get around my waist. The Lord said, that ain't my problem. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Help us. But Jude, Jude is dealing with, with a similar situation. He's dealing with these false teachers that have infiltrated the church. And they were teaching things that were contrary to what the believers had been taught, contrary to the doctrine of Christ. They were teaching immorality and, and different things. I'm going to go back to the scripture. And I'm not going to be very specific about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but he says here, they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our sovereign, as our only, as our only sovereign and Lord. And these are the things these people are teaching in the church, and they're subverting the believers. They're, they're causing division in the church. Okay, some people are following, as people will do, People, they'll follow. When we stand in this pulpit, this is why we have to be very careful. When we stand in this pulpit, people see us as speaking from a position of authority, that we know what we're talking about. And if we say, the Lord said, some people are just going to grab that and run with it. Because we said it. And they trust us. Paul says we're to be good stewards of the mysteries of the gospel. Amen. So we're to teach sound doctrine. And we have to be careful to say by saying God said when God didn't say it. Amen. We have to be very careful what we espouse from this pulpit. And so there, and if you're in a teaching position, same thing. People trust you. They trust your word. Amen. So we have to be very careful. And these, these strange and unbiblical, ungodly doctrines were causing people to, 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 to doubt, to stray to stray from the faith. Um, Jude calls them, and I'm going to read some of this because this is, um, this is um, so good. I like what the King James says. He says, there are spots in your love feast. Spots in your love feast. There are blemishes in your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualms. Shepherds who feed only themselves. There are clouds without rain. Blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted twice dead. There are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars from whom blackest darkness have been reserved forever. That's how he describes these people that have come into the church. And we need to start speaking this 
in the body. There's a lot of stuff we don't say today because of this whole issue of judgment. You know, don't judge me. Bible says, judge not that you should not be, that you won't be judged. But we forget what the Bible says before it says that. It says, take the beam out of your eye so you can see clearly how to get the speck out of somebody else's eye. Because we have to help, we got to get the speck out of people's eyes, saints. We got to get the speck out of people's eyes. That speck, now, now most of y'all don't have any eye problems, you know, so I'm dealing with glaucoma. Okay, so one of my problems is that 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 part of my vision is distorted, okay? And my left eye seems the worst, okay? I can see with my right eye really good, but my left eye, there are spots that are, there are areas around the periphery that are very, uh, it's not dim, but it's, it's like cloudy and shaded. So I don't, I don't see clearly unless I have on both, have both eyes open and have my eyeglasses on. Some of y'all need to open both eyes and put your eyeglasses on. Stop trying to see without your eyeglasses. Both spiritual eyes. Stop closing one eye. We're closing eyes to things. I see it, but I don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't see that. You know, and we want to love everybody. There's nothing wrong with loving people, but you got to tell people when they're wrong. That's real love. I often say if I'm going down the road and the bridge is out and you know it, the way you show me that you love me is tell me that the bridge is out. Now, if I continue to go, that's, that's my business. If I run off the road and kill myself, I did it. But at least you warned me. That's love. People don't want you to warn them. Tell them anyway. Because you warned them. You warned them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, let me go. So, Jude gives us a map. He calls these people these things. So, what does Jude tell us as we face these situations in the world today? Okay? There's some filling in that, 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 that you need to do in this message as you look at the things in the world around us. Because if you're not careful, you will get discouraged. You will stop witnessing the people. Amen. You will stop standing up for the truth. You will compromise just so you can have relationships with people. Hmm. You listening? Tell the truth. Even if it's to your own children, tell the truth. They'll get mad at you, but guess what? They'll still love you, and they'll love you even more because the day will come if they have been brought up in the Lord. Amen? And you keep praying for them, fasting for them. The day will come prayerfully that their eyes will come open. They'll look back and they'll say, thank you. Because mama planted this seed. Daddy planted this seed. Daddy told me that was right. You've heard me talk a lot about things my parents told me that I wouldn't listen to when I was younger. You just don't want me to have friends. You don't want me to enjoy my life. But they had lived longer than me. They knew things I didn't know. Young people, are you listening? Pay attention now. Pay attention. Listen. You might get angry with your parents, but listen. Listen, you may resist, but listen. Let that seed sink deep in you. Yeah, yeah. So what does Jude tell us? Pay attention. When you read this, in, in verse 14 through 16, he talks about Enoch. 
who prophesied, the seventh man from Adam, he says, who prophesied uh, about them. Okay? Uh, But let's go down to verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. How did he start that off? Dear friends, remember. So this is what the Lord showed me. When we begin to think that we are fighting a losing battle, we're doing everything we know to do. We're preaching, we're teaching, we're trying to help people come to the knowledge of the truth. And it seems like people are not paying attention. Let me tell you now, as a pastor, when we look at the majority, when we look at, I don't want to say the majority, when we look at people that we minister to, if we really want to be faithful to God, sometimes it seems like we're preaching to the walls. Because people will come and listen to the message and they will go back and do what they want to do. Oh, I know pastors who are dis- discouraged. I, I, I just, I just uh, uh, text two pastors this morning to encourage them in the Lord because they feel like they're fighting a losing battle. And I'm not going to tell you I never felt that way. Oh, yes, I felt that way. I felt like I, I'm fighting a losing battle. But Jude says, and let me back this up because, well, anyway, in the world, when you, when you want to witness to people who've never known Jesus, and, and I heard this guy, this Indian guy that was teaching at this conference uh, in Minneapolis when I was up there the other week, he said, when people came to me and talked to talk about Jesus, he said, I didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. You see, what we do is we operate from a Christian perspective. We're in the South. This is the Bible Belt. Most of us have been to church. We've been hearing about Jesus. But people from other cultures, from other nations, where Hinduism or Buddhism is the major religion, they hadn't heard about Jesus. So you can't go and witness to them and tell them that they're lost and they need Jesus. You have to demonstrate Jesus to them. You have to demonstrate love. You have to demonstrate kindness. You have to live out your faith before them so that they will ask you about the hope that you have. Why are you doing this? Why are you inviting me to your house? You know, why are you being kind to me? You know, so from, from our perspective, we got, we're going to go and talk about Jesus. We need to learn that because there are aliens now among us. There are foreigners among us who've come from these nations where Christianity is not the major faith, and Jesus means nothing to them. Nothing. So, 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 for us, he says, remember. Remember how the Lord dealt with with and turned against him, uh, dealt with those who turned against him when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt. So as we're ministering to people, and and if we ever allow the devil to plant that thought that we're fighting a losing battle, we talk a lot about how so many people uh, are not coming to the Lord. And I keep trying to remind us that Jesus said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few, 
He didn't say many. He said few. But when we look at the world and we look at what's happening in the world and we look at how people fight Christianity, we ought to clearly see that Jesus is that rock of offense. Jesus is that stone of stumbling. Amen. You can talk about God and it's okay. But when you talk about Jesus, people don't want to hear about Jesus. So what we're seeing is not anything new. The Lord has sent us remember what God did to those who rejected him. Remember, you're not fighting a losing battle. God is in control. We may not want to think of people dying and going to hell, but folk are going to die and go to hell. People are going to be cast into that lake of fire. People will be. People, can you say amen? We may want to include everybody, but we can't include everybody. There are people who fight God, people who oppose God, people who will not accept Jesus Christ. We don't read the Old Testament enough to remember Korah's rebellion. We don't read the Old Testament enough to remember what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. Where God destroyed a whole city. Where those people who opposed Moses in chorus rebellion. Amen. God was angry because they opposed his manservant that he had appointed. And they would not. He gave them an opportunity to repent. And they wouldn't repent. And God did a new thing. The earth opened and swallowed them up. God says, remember. You're not fighting a losing battle. I'm in control. I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. Amen. We got to remember, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. God says, I've already won the battle. (laughs) I've won the war. Uh, Yeah, when Jesus died on the cross, I won. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I raised Jesus from the dead, I won. People don't understand that. Because they continue to do what they're doing and, they, and nothing is happening to them. We don't see the earth swallowing, opening up and swallowing up people today. We don't see people dropping dead. We don't see those boys that were picking out the prophet and, 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 and the prophet cursed him. Was it a bear that came and ate him up? We don't see that happening today. But we have a record in the Bible, but we're not reading the Bible enough to learn to fear God. And the Bible says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am God, God says, I do not change. So we may not see that the immediate judgment, but judgment is coming upon all of those who reject Jesus Christ. Savior Lord, it's coming. All of those who fight against God is coming. And if you're not careful and you allow yourself to become disinterested in God and you allow yourself to deny your faith in God and you allow the devil to trick you and fool you and pull you away from God, there might be a chance that you're saved. But what about your children? What about your grandchildren that you will influence? They don't see you darkening the door of the church. They don't see you opening your Bible. They don't see you praying. You don't even pray with them. What kind of God consciousness are you giving them? 
So you raise a generation that doesn't know God. You're so scared they're going to hate you that you're not going to talk to them about the way that, they, that they're living. They're not going to hate you. They're going to appreciate you. Because God will show them how much you love them. You know, I probably shared this story before. I'll be quick about it because I got two more points to share. You know, I used to, my daddy and I didn't have a, my daddy was an 11 man, but he, he had 11 children. And I'm number five, and I'm the second boy, and I want to do everything my older brother did. I didn't understand I couldn't do that. One Sunday at church, I acted up, and I got a whipping right at the church. Over the fact that my daddy said no to something I wanted to do, and he let my older brother do it. So I grew up thinking that my father didn't love me. And then one day, I was a grown man. One day, I don't know whether I was dreaming, but one day God showed me my father. God showed me how my daddy would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning in the wintertime when it was cold outside. Go to the pulp wood. We call it pulp wood bushes. You call it logging today. And work all day long. This was before the day, days that they had the loaders. <clears throat> and men would have to load the trucks by hand. And, and then they weren't cutting the little poles. They were cutting the, the big trees. And then the Lord showed me how in the springtime my daddy would come home after working all day long. I was supposed to hitch the mule up. Sometime I would not do it and not get punished for that. Hook the mule up to the plow and go to the field and plow the field so we could have food to eat. How he'd take us to pick blackberries and peaches, bring them home so mama could can them so that in the wintertime, when it was snow outside and they couldn't get to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, into town to buy food, there was food at the house for us to eat. And the Spirit of the Lord said, and you think your father doesn't love you? I had to repent. And I realized that my father loved me in the way, only way he knew how to love. How many black men are not compassionate and loving and hugging and kissing? Because sometimes in our communities, we think that's feminine. And we frown on that. When what we really need, our boys need us to love them. Our girls need us to love them. Our boys and girls need us to spend time with them and be patient with them. That's what we need. And so we grow up seeking love. And we find it in the wrong places. Girls grow up seeking love and find it in the wrong places. Whew. Yeah, 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 yeah. God says, remember, remember. Don't worry about whether you think you're fighting a losing battle because actually the battle, the war has been fought. The victory has already been won. Sometimes we're looking at the world. We're not looking back at the cross. We're not looking at the empty tomb. We're not looking at the defeat of Satan. We're looking at what we see in front of us. But we got to remember. 
We got to remember that judgment has already been in place. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose faces the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Don't think you're going to die and get away from the judgment. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. Not the book of life, but in the books. Job said, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. You know, God is an awesome God. Amen. All of these people that have lived in this world, God knows every one of us. Amen. God knows our deeds. God knows whether we believed in Christ or whether we rejected Christ. Yeah, it's written in the books. God knows all of, all of the evil things you did to lead people away from Christ. God knows it all. Now, he knows all of us, amen, all of the evil we've done, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank God we're saved by the blood of Jesus. For those whose names are written in the books are not covered by the blood of Jesus. He said, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And listen now, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Anyone, don't you want your name in the book of life? Don't you want your children's name in the book of life? Don't you want your mother and your father's name in the book of life? Well, whew, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. So God said, just like I punished those in the past, I got a time set to punish these today. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Secondly, this is what Jew says to us. He says, maintain your life in God. Maintain your life in God. Don't be discouraged by what you see, nor by what you may experience in this world today. These things will be before the end comes. Your focus in these times is to maintain your life in God. Mm. How do you do that? How do you do that? This is what we do. This is what we've been trying to help people do. Verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Did you hear that? So how do I maintain my spiritual life? You know, I wonder how many of us pray in the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. Woo, but he says, by building yourselves up 
in your most holy faith. So how do I build myself up in my most holy faith? I stay constantly in the word of God. Amen. I study the word of God. Amen. That I might be a workman that needed not be ashamed, correctly dividing the word of truth. I need truth for me, not just for you. Amen. I got to speak truth to myself. So I stay in the word of God and I study the word of God. Amen. And my desire is to have sound doctrine. Amen. My desire, amen, is not just to have it, but to build myself up in this. And along with that, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Ooh. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just can't pray with my language. Amen. With my natural tongue. Amen. I can't just pray in English because there's some things that the Holy Ghost knows that I need. Amen. And he begins to pray for me. Amen. Or I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit praying through me. I'm talking in a language that I don't understand, nor do I need to understand. Stop worrying about needing to understand. Amen. Get the language. Amen. And pray in the prayer language. Amen. Amen. That's to build you up. Amen. If I speak in the church in tongues, amen. Amen. If it's a prophecy whatever. There's a revelation. There's an insight. There's an interpretation. But in your private life, you got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Shouldn't be an argument in the church about that. But we have to build ourselves up. You know, when you are facing the world, amen, and you want to live for God and you want to minister and you want to teach and you want to witness, you get all of this opposition. You got to keep building yourself up. Just like David, amen, when his men wanted to kill him, he encouraged himself. You got to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. So God has given you the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Do everything to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You can't build yourself up in your most holy faith if you're not in the Word. If you're not sitting under the teaching, you can't be built up. You got to sit up. You don't understand everything. Those of us who teach don't understand everything. So we have to study and we have to talk. Amen. And we have to listen so we can teach you. That's, and as I teach you, I'm being built up. I'm being built up in my most holy faith. Yeah. You spend 75% of your time doing things that have nothing to do with the faith. That's an imbalance if you only spend 25%, and most people don't spend 25%. But the Lord says we're to be good stewards of our time. So how are you using your time? Are you in the Word? Which is the Word of God that is good for saving your soul. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying, and that, that sinners goes together. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I was thinking about that this morning, and I was riding in the car, and I had to slow down because I got I started praying in tongues as I was riding along. And it just it just kept just kept building and it just kept building. I was getting loud. Thank God I was in the car by myself. And I and I and I was and I was I was, oh let me slow down now because I can't run across the line. Because folk get killed, they run across the line and hit. So I had to kind of back off. But you know what was happening? I was being strengthened. I was being encouraged. Amen. Amen. I had sent messages to encourage some other pastors, but the Holy Ghost knew that I needed some encouragement myself. And at this point of the morning, nobody was going to call me to encourage me. 
you know, folk don't call me and encourage me anyway. I can think y'all, y'all must think that I got it all together. Amen. That, that, that I'm walking Jesus. Amen. That I don't need any help. I don't need any encouragement. Folk don't send me, most folk don't send me a message. Say, Pastor, we love you. Pastor, you know, y'all, y'all just don't, y'all, y'all don't think about me. You might pray for me. Thank you for praying for me. But sometimes it's good to hear. It's good to pick up your phone and see a text. You know, so this morning, nobody was going out. I was riding. I couldn't read a text anyway. So I had to encourage myself, amen, in the Lord. And I got encouraged riding alone for highway number, on highway number five from 1226 Whitney Road until I got almost, uh, almost to the bypass up here. And I had to slow down because I started praying in the Holy Ghost. And I felt encouragement in my spirit. I tell you what, when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, if you start feeling down, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And watch the Holy Ghost as you as you begin, amen, to stir that gift up inside of you. Watch him as he begins to lift you. Watch him as he begins to take you to another level in him. Now, so if you're looking at me strange and saying, I don't know what praying in the Holy Ghost is, then that's your fault. Amen. Because you can know it. Lastly, lastly, because the ministry doesn't stop. Somebody say the ministry doesn't stop. You see, even though, even regardless of what we see in the world, regardless of what we see in the church, the ministry doesn't stop. So lastly, he encourages believers to continue ministering, continue loving, continue showing mercy, and implied in that is continue preaching and reaching. He lists different groups of people here. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. He's speaking to these in the church. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So in the church, people who've been listening to this, this false teaching, some of them are doubting. They're like, I don't know what to believe. You know, I'm hearing this. You know, they're not, people are not really rooted in the faith and rooted in the word. So the stuff that the world says sounds logical. It does. A lot of stuff just sounds logical. But how many of you know that you can't, you can't operate in a logical mind? You got to operate in a mind that's, that's, that's governed by faith. Because God will do some illogical things to the natural mind. Okay, so there were some people that were listening to this teacher's teaching and they were doubting. And, and, and Jews says, be merciful to them, you know, because what happens to us is that we will tend to get very defensive. And some of us would want to just wipe everybody off the face of the earth that don't agree with us. We'd like to see God kill them. Just get rid of them, God. So, so we can have this perfect society where everybody believes in God. That's not the way God operates. No, that's not the way Jesus operates. That's why when you deal with politics and religion and the way some people in the United States are acting, they want, I don't know why they think the former president was a godly man and God's choice for the world, but they want they want laws passed so that everybody is forced to fit into this, into this skewed way of thinking that they have developed. 
that everybody should be just like me. I didn't say this Wednesday night when I was teaching, but one of the things that Dr. Evans pointed out in this book is that uh, unity is not uniformity. Everybody doesn't look just like us. Everybody doesn't act just like us. You know, because the devil can be unified. So he says maintain the unity of the faith and the bond of peace. He's not talking about us being unified. We could just have a liquor drinking party. And all of us, don't tell nobody now. You know. Now, some people go on vacation, they do stuff they know they got no business doing. Okay, now, what happens in Vegas? Woo! Ha! Woo! Don't tell nobody. Y'all know it's the truth, isn't it? I'm almost done. I know I've been preaching for about 40 minutes right now. Give me five more. So, so we tend, we, we have a tendency to dislike people and hate people that do things different from us or who have a different lifestyle than we have. And the church has showed so much contempt and it's hard for us to separate a person's action from the person. And we have to hate the action but love the person. And sometimes it's hard for people to separate their actions from themselves. They'll say, this is me. No, that's not you. You are created in the image and likeness of God. So, 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 so Jude says, Jude says, be merciful to those who doubt, to those who are, who are mixed up. To those who, who, who got caught up in this, in this erroneous teaching, whether it came from in the church or in the world. And a lot of Christians, a lot of churches today have gotten mixed up. And it's bad when the pastor's mixed up because he's espousing this stuff to the congregation and the congregation is mixed up. Some people, some people know the truth. He says, Save others by snatching them from the fire. So there's some that, that you got to be a little, little bit more direct and bold with. You see your child going wrong. You got to snatch him from the fire. You see this brother or sister in Christ. You who are spiritual, restore that person in the spirit of gentleness and meekness. Don't just let them go. Snatch them. You said, Pastor, I tried to snatch them. They got mad. Snatch them again. Keep on snatching them. Y'all stop letting your children go, and you're not trying to snatch them. I'm not giving up on my child. Uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'll snatch him. I know he talks to people and, well, he listening more now. At least I think he listening more than he was listening because some of the people he was talking to were not telling the truth to him. You know, you have your, your friends and your buddies. And you know what people will do? The people that will tell you the truth, you don't want to talk to them that much. <laughs> We've been there, done that. 
There's nothing new under the sun. That's why I say millennials think that, they, that this, all this is new. This is not new. We've been there, done that. Folk come talk to you about right. You don't want to talk to them. You want to talk to somebody who agrees with you. All of our young people grew up in this church and straight away, and I'm talking to all of them, people that say, I don't go to church because I was made to go to church. I'm 67 years old. There was not a question in my house whether you went to church or not. So when I got there, I fell in love with the church. You heard me say this. I love the church today. I know people are not doing right. I've known it from the beginning. When I was a child, I knew those liquor drinking deacons. I knew those women chasing deacons. I knew it, but I loved the church. It was not about them. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't use that that excuse. You don't go because you were made to go. You don't go because you've been led astray. You've fallen in love with the world. That's why you don't come to to the house of the Lord. You don't want to hear a challenging message. I'm sorry, but I'm going to preach a challenging message. Those people at the church too judgmental. The Bible says you judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. I'm sorry, but if you're an apple tree, don't come up in here trying to bear blueberries. Bear apples, that's how I know who you are. Snatch them. Snatch them. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your loved ones. They may reject you, but keep on. Snatch them. But then he goes on. I need to finish this. He goes and he says, to others show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. Now, now that clothing stained by corrupt flesh is, is really dealing with the sins that people are caught up in. So this is really a challenge to the believer who is, who is at the realm of the fire. Somebody got their feet in the fire, and you, you, you're trying to snatch them. And, and they don't want to be snatched. You have to be careful that you don't get pulled into the fire by them. That you don't allow their sins to, 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 to pull you in. Uh, yeah, so, so, so you got you to gotta be careful now. You got to be careful as you deal with this. And you got to show mercy. The Bible says, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. So you're spiritual now. But as you try to restore that person in a spirit of gentleness and meekness, be careful that you don't become so compassionate with their sins that you get pulled into the fire. So the ministry in the midst of these times has to keep going. This is not the time for us to stop ministry. I don't care what it looks like in the world. We got to know who we are in the Lord and what God has done and what God has said. We got to know even for the unsaved that Jesus said that the harvest is right and it's still right. Oh, yes. Ready to be harvested. There are souls that are waiting to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So don't get discouraged when you go to people who reject you. Keep on going. 
Keep on preaching. Keep on proclaiming the gospel. Amen. Even in these times, regardless of what it seems like, we know the truth. The truth is that Jesus has gotten the victory on the cross. And when God raised him from the dead, we're just biding time until he comes back again. I like how Jude ends this book. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. We know the end of the story, so don't be discouraged. The church is not fighting a losing battle. No, the church is not. Stop thinking everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's not going to be saved. But you have a responsibility to minister to whoever the Lord sends you to. Their salvation is left between them and God. So the work doesn't stop. Speak the truth. Teach the truth in love because people need to be snatched from the furnace, from the fire. People that are, that are in doubt continue to love them and continue to speak the truth to them because Jesus said you should know the truth. The truth will make you free. The church is not fighting a losing battle. We're already victorious. We're already victorious. The world doesn't know it. We know it. The world can't see it. We see it. So we're not fighting a losing battle. People may reject us. That's okay. Do what you've been assigned to do. Go where you've been assigned to go. Say what you've been assigned to say. God will be glorified. His kingdom will be advanced. His people will be blessed. When it seemed like the church is fighting a losing battle, remember, God is the judge. He sits on the throne. Remember what he did to those Israelites who did not believe. He's the same God today. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. We used to sing an old song. I see the sign the judgment. We sung that a long time ago. The closer we, the longer we live, the more signs we're seeing. I've said this before. When a nation became as wicked as the United States has become, judgment came. Be prepared now. We don't know how judgment is coming on this nation. If judgment may come before Jesus comes back again. I already bought my land in Africa. Keep my plane money ready. <laughs> Just be prepared. Y'all listening. The Lord has sent us a warning today. In the midst of this, we've got to keep ministering. Somebody's going to hear. Seed is going to be planted in someone's ear. People who thought one way will eventually be convinced of the truth of the gospel. 
We're not looking for a way out of what the Bible is saying. We're looking for a way to understand it so we can communicate truth even more. Oh, I've seen it happen in people's lives. I've seen people change from different positions and come back to mainline theological understanding, biblically-based understanding of the gospel. Don't give up. Don't hate people. Don't hate people. Love is our badge of discipleship. In the midst of all of this, love. Be merciful. Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you, that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for reassuring us that we're not fighting a losing battle. Thank you that the battle has been fought. The victory has been won in Jesus Christ. We fight from the vantage point of victory. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now, you've heard the message this morning. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord has ministered to you as I shared with you what the Lord gave with me to share this, gave to me to share this morning. Whether you're listening online, whether you're in the sanctuary, this is a good time to rededicate your life to Jesus. Regardless of what you've heard in the world, regardless of the different perspectives of things that you have heard, go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. The Bible is not irrelevant. It is still the Word of God, the revealed Word of God. Holy Ghost inspired holy men to write the Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the Scriptures. We have to go back to hear what God has to say. Even after you sit and listen to the preacher, go back to the Bible and search the Scriptures to see if the things we said to you were the truth. Let the Lord confirm it to you. So if you're one of those that are doubting, okay, you've heard so many different things that you just don't know what to believe, we're going to continue to show mercy, but continue to come, continue to sit under the teaching, continue to seek truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's going to reveal truth to you. It's going to reveal truth to you. If you're on the rim, if, you're, if, if your feet are in the fire, but you haven't, you haven't sunk all the way in, we're going to try to snatch you. We're going to do our best to snatch you from the fire. Snatching is forceful. When a believer gets kind of forceful with you, because they love it's like it's called tough love. People reject that, but we got to do it. We're going to try to snatch you because we love you. The love of God. You say, how do you love me and you don't know me? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if you're one of those today, don't know Jesus, if you're on the periphery, you're on the sidelines, you're doubting, but the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you today. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus just raise your hands where you are if you're online. Make a note, and we will follow up with you. If you are unsaved, you've never received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord.
There's a warning in this message for you. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Yes, he wants all people to be saved. But one of the promises is of judgment. The wrath of God revealed from heaven against all unbelief. You can yield your life to Jesus today. He died on the cross for your sins. He satisfied divine justice for you. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sin. You took my place on that cross of Calvary. I, where I deserve death, you died for me. You took my punishment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, I accept your sacrifice for me. I believe. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. That may be a simple prayer, but if that prayer was the decision of your will, the Lord heard you and the Lord received you. Write to us and let us know of the decision that you've made to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord so that we can follow up with you and help you grow in the Lord or point you to a church in your area where you can be connected to, where you can grow in the Lord. Thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in. I pray the blessings of the Lord upon your lives. Just lift your hands where you are. Father, I thank you for these that have gathered in the sanctuary today. I thank you, Lord, that you have encouraged us in the midst of our discouragement. Thank you that you've spoken to us, Lord, in the midst of the situations that we found ourselves in. Sometimes we wanted to hold back. Sometimes we did hold back. But there are people that we know, that we love, who need to be snatched from the fire. Give us that boldness in the Holy Spirit to know how to lovingly and tactfully and wisely snatch people from the fire. Thank you, God, for your love that's been poured out in our hearts that we can show mercy as you've shown mercy to us. Now, Lord, whatever the needs are in this building today, in these people's lives today, meet every need. We speak healing for those that are sick, deliverance for those that are bound, for those that are going through financial difficulties, we speak breakthrough today. For those that are going through emotional distress, whether it be thoughts of suicide or anxiety or whatever, we rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. We speak life into them today by your authority. Meet them where they are. Meet them in their loneliness. Meet them in their distress. Minister grace to their hearts today that they will experience your presence, experience your healing and your deliverance. In Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming today. May the Spirit of the Lord rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. 
I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.